think I'm here. Maybe. Maybe I'm connected. Fritzberger and Blood and Faith.com. It's Sunday morning. Good morning, sleepyheads. Church has started. Fritzberger and Blood and Faith.com. I'm over here on the East Coast. It is 1030 in the morning over here. A little earlier on the West Coast. Uh, this is live. Live streaming on Podbean, but you can find me at bloodandfaith.com. Told my family this morning, I said, I woke up this morning, started, started causing trouble for the devil's children again. Oh, yeah, causing trouble for the devil's children again. That's, that's my name. That's my game. How do you cause trouble for the devil's children? You turn on the light. They like the darkness. Oh, they love the darkness. They want to be, they don't want anybody to notice what they're doing. They don't want anybody to notice who they are. They don't want to know that anybody to notice the fact that it's them in particular that are doing the evil deeds. You can't say that, they say. You can't say that. Oh, I forgot to start recording here. Let me start recording, folks. And then I can get this out. Get my noise reduction on. Yeah. So here we are, bloodandfaith.com, Fritz Bergen. And uh, the devil, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like the fact that, that, that uh, uh, people recognize his children. Devil likes to stay hidden. This is my sermon, by the way. We're going to get into Joshua in a minute. When the devil goes into the Garden of Eden, he goes up to Eve dressed as a serpent. <laughs> I guess I'm too loud for my own microphone. He goes dressed as a serpent. He says, hey, Eve, and Eve looks over. She doesn't see the devil. She sees a serpent. She sees a dragon. She sees a snake, she, perhaps a flying serpent. Oh, what a beautiful creature. He seems so wise. He seems so nice. And the devil was shrouded in the identity of the serpent. And Eve didn't know it. Later on, she's complaining to God, I was deceived. I was deceived. And is that not what Satan does today? If it worked back then, why do you don't think it'll work today? If Satan was the deceiver of nations back then, and if he's the deceiver of nations in the book of Revelation, why do you think everything is as it seems? Why do you think you're not deceived? Why do you think the nations are not deceived? And they go around and they worship, the, the nations worship the Antichrist, thinking they're doing a good thing. They're deceived. So the devil loves the fact, loves the fact that he can hide his children. And we don't even see him. Just like the devil shows up in the Garden of Eden. He's talking to Eve, and Eve thinks she's talking to a, a serpent, not the devil. But that's what the devil does. And so I, I wake up, I turn the light on. I turn the light on. I say, here's the light. Here's what the devil's children are doing. Oh, you can't say that. Yeah, I know. I know you want to stay hidden. I know all the children of the devil want to stay hidden. I know they want to uh, pretend to be uh, 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 lights and pretend to be good. They don't want their real identity revealed. How do you reveal their identity? You say what Jesus Christ said. Oh, they don't like that. Oh, you can't say that. Oh, I can't strip off the mask of Satan's children. I can't. Why not? Oh, it's, it's anti-Semitic. I, I don't care. 
it doesn't mean anything to me. Write that word on a piece of toilet paper and put it where it belongs. The word means nothing to me. All right, but we're not here to talk about that today. That might be the after show. Talk about Joshua. Going back to the book, of, last weekend we, talk, we started talking about the book of Joshua. Moses has died. <clears throat> His time on earth is done. Got a new leader. His name is Joshua. God tells Joshua, he said, listen, everywhere you go, every place that your sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Only be strong and courageous. And don't forget the law of God. So we told you the story of those, those first few chapters. Now we hear, here we are in, in, in Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was a city inhabited by an evil race, inhabited by the sons of Canaan, descendants of Canaan. That's why it was called the land of Canaan. Canaan and his descendants settled in that land as the sons of Israel were whiling away their time in slavery in Egypt. God said, hey, don't worry, I got it all taken care of. You're going to be here for a while. I'm going to turn you into a nation, and then I'm going to bring you out as a nation. And I'm going to send you into Canaan's land, send you into Canaan's land. You're going to slaughter them, and I'm going to give you that land. That's God's plan. Oh, that doesn't sound very Christian to me. Who do you think was talking to Joshua and Moses? A ghost in the sky? It was Jesus Christ that was telling Joshua and Moses what to do. Pre-incarnation. Pre-incarnation. But remember, Jesus Christ was the one who said, hey, before Abraham was born, I am. First chapter of John, first chapter of Hebrews describe Jesus Christ as the creator of everything that was created. But Jesus Christ said, hey, no man has seen the Father. Nobody's seen the Father. So obviously it wasn't the Father talking to Moses and to Joshua. And Jesus Christ said, hey, I and the Father are one. He told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So it's Jesus Christ telling Joshua to do these things. So the Lord, Jesus Christ, says to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand with its king and its valiant warriors. And he tells Joshua, here's what you're going to do. I know this seems a little weird, but you're going to do this anyway. You're going to march around that city for six days. You're going to march around it once a day for six days. Take all your soldiers, all their gear, the whole nine yards, march around that city once a day for six days. And, by the way, the priests are going to lead you. And and he, he told the soldiers, he said, don't you say a word to Jericho. Don't you say a word to the soldiers. Don't you say a word to their inhabitants. Do not raise your voice against them. Now imagine you're sitting in Jericho. And you're, you know, you're a mighty force, and you've got these these folks coming out of the desert. They're marching around your city. <laughs> First day, it's curiosity. Second day, third day, now they're out there. They're probably throwing garbage at them. They're probably throwing dead chickens at them, and, and garbage, and and human waste, and, and mocking them, and ridiculing them. You bunch of idiots. You can't, you're nothing you can do to us. Joshua, Joshua told the soldiers, "Don't you say a word. Don't you say a word to them." Seventh day, he says, okay, today we're marching around it seven times. Seven times. Don't you say a word. But after you march around seven times, priests are going to blow the trumpet horn. They're blow that horn. You're going to raise your voice. And you're going to shout against Jericho. And all the walls are going to fall down. And that's exactly what happened. All the walls fell down. 
And they rushed into the city and they killed every man, woman, and child. Here we go. It shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people will go up, every man straight ahead. So they do this. It says, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city shall be under the ban. Everything is going to, you don't take anything. This isn't rape, pillage, and plunder. It's uh, just kill and destroy. Time for plundering is not happening yet. Everything's under the ban. All the gold goes to the treasury of God. This is the first fruits of their conquest. Later on, things will change, and they'll keep some of the stuff where they, they do a little raping and pillaging and plundering. Oh, they would never do that. I don't know about that. I, I got some, I got some uh, scriptures I can show you, but we won't get into that too much today. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her you shall spare alive because she hid the message who were sent here. Now, Rahab, I like Rahab. I mean, how can you not like Rahab? I'm sure she was a beautiful woman. I'm sure she was not some old crone. I mean, she made a business of plying her wares, and she's the one that hid the two spies. And it doesn't say in here that she had a husband. It doesn't say she had kids, but, but when they went and saved her family, it was her brothers and sisters and her parents that they saved. Interesting, interesting. She wasn't a used up old whatever. Interesting, fascinating stuff. Guess what? Rahab the harlot becomes one of King David's ancestors. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. I didn't join a morality club. I didn't join a morality club. Morality is good. Don't get me wrong. Morality is really, really, really good. But this ain't a morality club, my friends, my brothers. We're loyal to a monarch. We're loyal to a king. We're loyal to Jesus Christ. What do you think these men were doing in that city? H having Bible passing out tracts? Having Bible studies? They slaughtered them. Every man, woman, and child, they slaughtered them. They put them to the knife, and then they burned the city. The one that was rescued was a traitor to her own people, a harlot, and she becomes an ancestor of King David, who was a man after the Lord's own heart, who had his harems, who slaughtered thousands and thousands of men. Oh, that's Old Testament. No, it's Jesus Christ, same yesterday, today, and forever. It's Jesus Christ, same yesterday and forever. He did not change. It was Jesus Christ that commanded Joshua to do these things. Don't get me wrong. Morality is good. It's very important. But it neither saves you nor makes you better than another man. It may help you a lot in life, and it does. And th those things that we all do, maybe not you, because you're better than me, the things that I do that aren't right, aren't pleasing to God, don't do me any good, don't do anybody, don't do uh, those around me any good. But this isn't a morality cult that we joined. All right. So go rescue Rahab and her family, everyone in her heart house, but as for you, keep yourselves from the things under the ban so that you don't bring trouble on Israel. Okay, this is the first fruits 
to be offered up to Jesus Christ. Everything belongs to Him. Everything. Keep yourselves from things under the bed. You don't keep any of this stuff, children of Israel. Later on, we'll get there. But right now, this is the first. It all goes to the king. Every last little nickel and dime and, and drop of gold and silver. So they go, the, the walls fell down. The walls fall down, and they go straight up. Verse 21, and they utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. Everything that drew breath was slaughtered. Oh, I can't believe that Jesus would do that. Tell him, no, that's what Jesus Christ said. That's what Jesus Christ told Joshua to do. Everything's under the ban. Everything that breathes is slaughtered. And that's what they did. Save Rahab and her family. You want to go back and, and, and join a morality club? Joshua sent the two spies to protect Rahab and her family. Rahab, yeah, like I said this, Rahab later will marry into that family. She becomes an ancestor of King David, and, and by extension she becomes an ancestor of Mary, who gives birth to Jesus Christ. Then they burn the city with fire. Now, what do you think this did to the hearts of, of the people of the land that weren't in the city? Made them terrified. Made them utterly terrified. Like, oh my God, how did this Jericho, that was a big deal. That was kind of a big deal. And they defeated Jericho? How did they do that? They're terrified. They already de defeated Og, king of Bashan. Already destroyed his land, went in there, tore everything apart. All right, so they burn the city with fire, and Joshua pronounces a curse. He said, Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds the city Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay his foundations, and with the loss of his youngest, he shall set up its gates. Now, when somebody says this, you need to pay attention. If somebody gives a warning, you should pay attention. Now, if Jesus Christ gives a warning and said, Don't you do this, <laughs> One, you probably shouldn't do it. Two, it's probably a prediction that that's exactly what y'all are going to do. I'm talking about that in relationship to the leaven of the Pharisees. Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, man. It'll kill you. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. So I've said no idea what he's talking about. No earthly idea. Later on, they figure it out. But we're in Joshua, so we won't get off on that little rabbit trail. So this is the curse. You go over to 1 Kings chapter 16. And there was a guy named Hiel from Bethel. And he built Jericho. He rebuilt Jericho. And guess what? His firstborn son, Abiram, dies. And his youngest son, Segub, also dies. So when you see the warnings and you see the curse, it's not only a warning not to do something, it's probably a prophecy of what's going to happen anyway. And that's what gets me concerned about when Jesus warns you, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, man. Beware, beware, beware. Huh, what are you talking about, Jesus? It's the teachings of the traditions of men, which the church has gobbled up like candy. This Judeo-Christian entity that's not the church of God, has, has, as many Christians are in it, but it's like you overlay the Word of God with the traditions of man. 
And it was hard for the disciples to understand, hard to wrap their head around it. They couldn't, they couldn't get it. And they finally figured, oh, he's talking about the doctrine of the Pharisees. Now, what were the, the soldiers of Israel not supposed to do? They weren't supposed to keep things under the ban. Everything was dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. All the gold and silver went into the treasury. They slaughtered everything they breathed. Well, there's a dude named Achan. He says, well, ain't nobody going to know. So he grabs a couple things, expensive. He keeps them for himself. And then Israel goes up to, the, 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 to fight another city called Ai, and they get killed. They kill, I don't know, two, 3,000 people get killed uh, of the sons of Israel. Now, what happens when we have setbacks in life? It's hard, man. It's hard. Joshua's under a lot of pressure. He's caught between the command of God and, 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 and this, this, this people. And, and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites, the the, you know, all the evil. And so they get, they get killed, and he goes, to, he goes to the Lord, Jesus Christ. He says, Alas, O Lord God, why did you ever bring this people over the Jordan, only to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? If only we'd been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. Oh, how many times have I said that? Oh, Lord, if I had just stayed back there in my life, my life would be so good right now. <laughs> How many times have we said that? Joshua's not any different. He's like, Lord, man, we should have just stayed on the other side of Jordan. Everything was, we already wiped out the enemies. Everything would have been fine. I get it, man. I get it. I'm with Joshua. I get it. God replies, he says, Joshua, get up off your face. Get up off your face, Joshua. Rise up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned and transgressed my covenant. What's the covenant? It's the Ten Commandments. And Jesus Christ goes on. God goes on. The Lord goes on. It's the same Lord. It's the same God. It's Jesus Christ pre-incarnation. He says, I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the ban for your midst. Now, what commandments were broken? Well, we'll find out. But thou shalt not steal. Who, who did these, these you know, things belong to? They belong to God. They, they were stolen from God. Number two is covetousness. You'll see that Achan, he says, I coveted these things. It shall be that the one who has taken the things under the ban shall be burned with fire, he and all that belong to him. Oh, Jesus would never do that. Well, apparently he did. I've said many times before, you want to know the character of Jesus Christ, you have to read from Genesis through the Revelation. You can't pick and choose a couple things here and there. you got to get the full picture of the guy. Genesis through the Revelation. Who do you think sent the great flood that destroyed everybody on the earth save eight? It was Jesus Christ. It's not a different guy. It's not God the Father is different from God. They're the same. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. The Holy Scriptures say, in Jesus Christ dwells the fullness of deity in bodily form. They're not different. It's Father and Son. So they figure out that this, this is Achan that's done this. And Joshua says, confess, 
your sins to the Lord, Achan. It's probably a very difficult moment for, for Achan. I feel for the guy. I feel sorry for the guy. To his credit, he admitted it. He repented and he apologized and he repented. It didn't mean he didn't get the consequences of a sin. He did. Achan says, Truly I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. And he says, I saw these beautiful things and I coveted them. So, Tenth Commandment, thou shalt not covet. I think it was the Sixth Commandment, thou shalt not steal or Seventh Commandment. I can't remember. Now, as a result, they were defeated before I. And as a result, Israel stoned them with stones including his sons and his daughters. Now, stoning is a very personal experience, not just for the person being stoned, but for the people doing the stoning. It's very interesting to me that they didn't... It's like, okay, he did the bad thing. Now the state will go take care of this. And we go hide him in a room somewhere, and we put him in an electrical chair, and you know, hit the switch, and, you know, bzzzt. No, y'all, the whole congregation is going to go out there. You're going to look him in the eyeballs and his sons and his daughters, and you're going to pick up stones and you're going to kill them. That's very personal for the people doing the stoning. Now, I'm sure Achan was a good man, is, is the way we most people think about good men. I'm sure he wasn't any worse than me. Let's put it that way. You know, he, he probably a good guy, probably knew the guy. But he had no fear of God, and he did that which he shouldn't have done. He had enough integrity to admit it, probably saved his eternal soul. And I, I can imagine it was very difficult to pick up those stones and, and look them in the eye and throw that stone. And that put fear in the hearts of the sons of Israel. Because now it's personal. It's not distant. It's not sanitized. It's very personal. And we lack that in society today. We lack that personal touch, whether it's with a relative dying. Oh, send him to the hospital. And you drug him up and be... <laughs> there's no personal experience with it, let alone stoning somebody. Then they went back to I. And then God says, okay, now you can go fight I again, the city of I, A.I. He says, then you can take the spoil of its cattle and plunder for yourselves. All right, first fruits, Jericho, it go, all goes to God, 100%. Then we get to I, okay, now you can take some plunder. Now you can take the cattle. Joshua told the sons of Israel how they're going to defeat I. They set up a, 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 an ambush, split the forces did an ambush. They retreated in front of the, the, the forces of Ai. And in the meantime, the other half of, of the army snuck in and burned the city with fire. Then the forces of Ai turned around and went back to save their city. And then they were caught in a, in a pincer movement between the two forces. And they were slaughtered, wiped out, wiped off the face of the planet. Military tactics is, is, is a, a biblical idea. God inspired Joshua on how they're going to defeat these children. It wasn't just, we're going to stand around here and blow some trumpets. This time they said, you know what, we have to have a sound military tactic. And they did. So Jericho, yeah, okay, it, you know, God made the walls fall down. And, and which leads me to another thing. I sit here in 2023 and I'm going, how on earth are we going to rebuild Christian nations? How are we going to build Christian nations? 
the Antichrist run the show. How are we going to do this? But we have a captain. His name is Jesus Christ. He knows what he wants. And he knows how he's going to make it happen. He's just looking for people that, that, that can tag along for the ride. Men like Joshua. Men like those who followed Joshua. Men who listened to Rebel Leader One. Men who listened to Jesus Christ. Said, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what you're going to do. It's like, okay. I mean, how much faith did it take for Moses to walk back into Egypt? A lot of faith. Moses is going like, eh, I don't know about this guy. This doesn't make any sense to me. It's like Pharaoh's there. He hasn't changed. It's not like he's falling apart. I'm under the death ban, and I'm going to go in there and rescue this nation. But he obeyed. He obeyed. He said, look, okay, fine. It'll probably cost me my life. Um, but I'm going to go anyway because this is what God told me to do. Right. That's how we're going to win this thing. That's how we're going to win this mess. We're going to get a bunch of Gideons out there, a bunch of Joshua's out there, a bunch of Moses out there, and we're going to say, you know what? I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to follow my God. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. I'm going to say what he tells me to say, and we're marching on, baby. We're marching on. What's the worst they can do to me? What's the worst they can do to me? And it doesn't matter what the worst is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. didn't matter. didn't matter what the worst is. We're going there. How do you overcome him? By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony, and not loving your lives even unto death. The blood of the Lamb has been provided. I want to hear the word of that testimony coming out of your mouth, saying what Jesus Christ said. Not being afraid of the Antichrist. Not being afraid of Pharaoh. Not being afraid of Jericho. Not being afraid of, of the leaders of, of, of the city of Ai. We're going there anyway. Live or die, this is where we're going. We're loyal to our monarch. We're loyal to our king. We have our orders. We're not stopping. We're not, we're not settling. We're not slowing down. What's the worst that you can do to us? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had the answer to that one. Quote, and they slew them. Until no one was left. These are the men from this. These are everybody from the city of I. They slew them until no one was left of those who survived or escaped. But they took alive the king of I and brought him back to Joshua. And Joshua builds an altar. <clears throat> this is important too. Joshua builds an altar after they defeat that city. And he wrote there on the stones a copy of the Law of Moses, which he had written in the presence of the sons of Israel. He wrote down the Ten Commandments on stone. Ten Commandments never go away. Ever, 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 ever. Not for all eternity will the Ten Commandments go away. All right, here's a great... It wasn't like, oh, yeah, we'll get Ten Commandments off Mount Sinai or, or you know, wherever it was. Oh, we're all done now. That, that wasn't, wasn't that cute? Wasn't that nice? Oh, that's a, no, no. Here's Joshua. He cars him himself into in stone. There's one law. There's one law for all the people. For the stranger as well as the native. It's those Ten Commandments. And the first commandment talks about Jesus Christ. Points directly to Jesus Christ. It says, you will have no other gods before Jesus Christ. Now, this is pre-incarnation. They didn't call him Jesus Christ back then, but that's who Jesus Christ was. What do you think? Talk to Moses. What do you think? Talk to Joshua. Jesus Christ pre-incarnation. So even if you have a nation, even if you have a country out there, and you got, oh, I got, you know, the Hindus are here, and, you know, this religion, that, no, 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 no. 
There's one law for the foreigner as well as the native. It's the Ten Commandments. That's it. We're loyal to Jesus. If you can't live under that, you don't belong here. Adios, muchacho. Go away. We're not going to give you a separate law because you have a separate God. There is no separate God. There is no other gods before Jesus Christ. Bye-bye. No apologies, man. No apologies. And he writes out the blessings and the curse. We've talked about the blessings and the curse before. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Ten Commandments comes with a blessing and a curse. If you obey them, you get national blessing. If you disobey, there's a national curse. Why do you think the United States is cursed right now? We've abandoned the Ten Commandments. The first commandment points to Jesus Christ. And we've kowtowed to the Antichrist. Oh, we don't want to offend the Antichrist. Who's the Antichrist? It's those who reject the Father and the Son. All right, verse 34. And afterwards he reads all the words of the law, the blessings and the curse, according to those written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that though at Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, with the women and the little ones and the strangers who were living among them. Everybody heard the law. Everybody had the same law. You teach those children from the time they're little. Make sure your wives know it so they keep you and I accountable. Strangers, oh, I, you know, oh, they're a different religion. No, no, it doesn't matter. This is it. This is one law for the native as well as the stranger. One law, Ten Commandments. Well, they worship a different kind. They worship it. No, doesn't matter. No, no. Then, then they need to go live somewhere else. Bye-bye. Adios. Go move in with the people of Jericho. See how that works out for you. All right. Now, after the defeat of Jericho and the defeat of Ai, you don't think the pagan nations noticed? Like, oh my God, we can't stop these people. So there's, there's some people from a town called Gibeon. They said, you know what, this is, this is we're, we're, you know, we're in a bad situation. So they go up to the sons of Israel. They say, hey, look, we're from, long, we're from so far away, you can't even figure out where we are on a map. But we're not in the land here. This isn't our land. We're not from here. We're from somewhere else. Uh, and we just want to submit to you so that y'all don't kill us. They're like, well, you might be, be from this land. Oh, no, really, we're not. Look, look at our uh, bags of wine. They're all cracked and dry. Look at our bread. It's all shriveled. It's, it's, we've been traveling for, man, months to get here. He said, not, not only that, but we'll be your servants in it. And they said, okay, all right. Okay, fine. If you're not from this land, fine. We'll go ahead and make a covenant with you so that we don't slaughter you. So they became hewers of wood and drawers of water for the whole congregation of Israel. Well, later on, they figure out, well, they actually are from that town. Like, oh, my God, we already gave, gave them our word that we wouldn't kill them. What are we going to do now? Well, at least they were hearers of water, and at least they become slaves. Joshua tells them, he says, Now, therefore, you're cursed, and you shall never cease from being a slave. You will never cease from being slave, you men of Gibeon, with a B. You'll never, is slavery biblical? Well, let's see. Now, therefore, you are cursed, and you shall never cease from being slaved. Oh, Fritz supports slavery. What do you think all of our prisoners are? We have the highest per capita prison population on the planet, save a couple little tiny, tiny island countries. You don't think they're slaves? Or they have some sort of privileged status? They're worse than, they're worse than slaves. 
You think the gal out there, the single mom out there making a 10 bucks an hour at McDonald's 40 hours a week is not a slave? They're worse than slaves. At least a slave is somebody's paying for your room and board. At least a slave, somebody's covering you with a house and giving you food. You go work at McDonald's, it's like, we ain't, we ain't even guarantee you nothing. We're not, we don't guarantee you a job tomorrow, and we certainly aren't going to guarantee you a house or food. And then you get this mortgage. What do you think a mortgage is? A mortgage is from the word death. You pay until you're dead. And you're debt slaves for your entire life. The whole nation, the whole economy of the world is built on debt slavery. We have slavery today in 2023. It's debt slavery, and the bankers are the slave owners. Different topic, but I'm going there. It de it, it, debt, eternal debt is not a biblical concept. It's not something that God wants. Every debt's to be erased every seven years, and another one every 50 years. Land goes back. Land goes back. Usury is against the law. Charging interest is against the law. Oh, no, but we got a whole economy, international economy, based on debt slavery. So I'm against slavery. I'm against slavery. I'm against debt slavery. Oh, that's anti-Semitic to say that. Fine. F fine. <laughs> Sign me up. Give me a double portion. Give me two plates, sir. Call me your dirty names. I'm against the modern banking structure of unlimited debt and slavery of all peoples in all places. Debt slavery is slavery, and you don't even have the benefits of being clothed and fed and housed. All right. So these other kings are out there, and they're going, oh, my God. You know, they, Jericho falls, I falls. Now Gibeon has willingly become slaves. So we got to do something. This is not trending in our direction. So they said, well, listen, we need to go punish the, the folks that live in Gibeon. So they allied together, these evil kings, and they went. They, they were going to go. So we can't probably take on Joshua, but let's go slaughter these people that submitted and made themselves slaves of of, of uh Joshua and the sons of Israel, so that nobody else get that gets that idea. That'd be terrible if somebody else got that idea. So it's punishment, punish them to make sure nobody gets the idea of just giving up. And the Lord's told Joshua, He says, Listen, I got this. Don't worry. Go over there. You're going to defeat all those kings. So Joshua goes with the armies of Israel. The armies, they had swords, they sliced people open. They went kinetic. They went kinetic. Oh, I don't believe Jesus would ever do that. Jesus did this. He's the captain of the Lord's host. He's the captain of the Lord's host. Joshua chapter 10, verse 11. And the Lord himself, the Lord threw large stones from heaven upon them, and they died. And there were more who died from the hailstones than those whom the sons of Israel killed with the sword. Oh, God would never just kill anybody. They were good soldiers. All of this is reflective of the character of Jesus Christ. All of this is reflective of, of who he is. This is the nature and character of Jesus Christ. And I know, I know, I know. In many, many churches, you dumb down Jesus Christ to be so inoffensive. You want him to, they want him to be inoffensive to the Antichrist. 
They don't like Jesus 1.0. They don't like the original Coke. They want the new Coke. They locked Jesus Christ in the back closet and said, don't come out, Jesus. Stay in the closet. We're going to remarket you, rebrand you, and we're going to trot you out and, and, and make you more relevant to this generation. <laughs> and you'll never hear a story like this out of the pulpit of those kind of churches. Never. And they dumb him down, and so Satan himself isn't even offended by the by the Jesus they preach in some of these churches. And as a result, American culture is the way it is in 2023. The fruit of the evangelical church and the mainstream churches is American culture in 2023. Utterly depraved and bankrupt. Powerless. We stripped away the identity of Jesus Christ, ashamed of Jesus Christ, won't say what Jesus Christ said. And here we are. Well, that's it this morning. It, 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 preacher can't preach too long. People say, it's enough, enough already. I, I can't handle it anymore. I've got to go eat lunch. Getting, I, I, I get that way, man. I sit in the church and the preacher keeps going. He likes to hear him preach. See, like I am doing now. No, no, uh-uh. Sometimes it's, it's time to stop. So we're stopping. God bless you. Have a nice Sunday. I will do an after show. And come and visit me at bloodandfaith.com, and we'll talk to you soon. Fritz Bergeron, bloodandfaith.com. We'll see you soon.